Hi, everybody. This is On Background, the WBEZ Politics Podcast. I'm Becky Vivi. If you've turned on the TV lately, chances are you've been hearing a lot of noise about the election this November. Terms like blue wave, Trump effect, and the year of the woman. It's being called a seismic shift, a record number of women running for elected office. Forget the blue wave, forget the red wave. There is a pink wave that people better be looking at. Watch out, world, it's going to change. On the Republican side, we think there could be basically a potential red tsunami. Really? This is the year of the woman. Yes! The last time the midterms were this nuts, the Republicans took control of the House. But it's not just Congress. Every statewide office and many county seats are up for a vote. And the people in all those jobs will be spending your money and making laws about your life. You've heard us talk a lot about the Illinois governor's race in this podcast. But in this episode, we're going to tell you everything you need to know about some of those other really important races on the ballot. And we're going to do it in the time that it takes for our producer, Justin, to drink a cup of coffee. Justin, you have your coffee? Yes, I do. I've got my NASA mug. It's a very full cup of coffee. It's my first cup of the day, so... Ready to rock. Ready to go. All right. So, without further ado, the WBEZ politics team brings you nine races in 18 minutes. All right, first up, Claudia Morrell with the competition for Illinois Attorney General one of a dozen wide-open attorney general seats across the country. To help you understand the role of the AG, I called one. The attorney general is the one who calls the balls and strikes in many cases. James Tierney was the attorney general for Maine. Now he teaches at Harvard and blogs about AGs all over the country. It's up to the attorney general to be the primary legal spokesperson on matters of of legal policy, whether it's criminal justice reform, uh, immigration, environment, or just straight, honest government. Now that that's out of the way, let's get to the candidates. And maybe you've seen two of them on TV. There's Democrat Kwame Raoul. He's a Chicago state senator who says he likes passing laws about criminal justice reform and victims' rights. But all I can do is advance policy. I can't enforce that policy. In the AG's office, you can do both. The Republican in the race is Erica Harold, an attorney from central Illinois. I'm running because I understand what it feels like to be marginalized and not have a voice. I was the victim of harassment when I was in high school, and that experience of feeling marginalized made me decide to become a lawyer. And then there's the third-party candidate, Bubba Harsey. He's an attorney from southern Illinois, and he doesn't have the kind of money to snag those primetime commercial slots. But he's pretty much just a one-issue candidate. My focus would be to prosecute government corruption. Normally, the feds tackle that, and Tierney warned me not to be fooled by all the corruption talk. Now, consider this. The last time there was an open seat for Illinois Attorney General, everyone was listening to this song. In case you don't know, it's 2002. I was 12. And Barack Obama was running for election as a state senator. So it's been pretty rare that candidates get a chance to vie for an open seat that comes with the broad powers, deep pockets, and soapbox of the attorney general. Now fast forward to this year. Raul actually picked up Obama's endorsement for this race. And meanwhile, Erica Harold has a made-for-TV backstory. She competed in beauty pageants to pay for Harvard Law. And she won Miss Illinois and Miss USA. And here she is speaking at a 2014 conference of conservatives. Because our country is built on the leadership of men and women who decided not to wait their turn and who decided to speak truth to power, even when that power was within their own party. But despite those backstories, they actually have a lot in common when it comes to the issues. 
Both think criminal justice reform is imperative to address violence. Both support having a federal court enforce reforms to the Chicago Police Department. And both think consumer protection is a vital part of the office. Now back to James Tierney, the guy from Harvard at the start, for one final consideration before you vote in this race. There are far too many laws on the books and far too few staff for every law to be enforced. It's up to the attorney general to decide what issues are most important to the people of their state today. And that's it. I'm Claudia Morrell, WBEZ. The attorney general's race is just one of six statewide seats on your ballot. Governor and lieutenant governor are a package deal. Then there's treasurer and comptroller. They handle all the money. Finally, the secretary of state. Think of him as the overlord of the DMV. With time ticking, we're going to zoom in on just one of those, the comptroller. This is the person who pays all of the state's bills. Incumbent Susanna Mendoza has held the office since 2014, and she's not really held back in hammering Governor Bruce Rauner about the two-year budget impasse that left the state with a backlog of bills in the billions. But it's a tricky race for Mendoza, as many of her supporters now want her to get in the race for Chicago mayor. That election isn't until February of next year, but they're already collecting signatures for her, even though she's been clear. My focus continues to be not just reelecting myself, but helping elect Democrats across the state of Illinois, and most importantly, a new governor. Mendoza is facing challenger Darlene Sanger. She's a former state rep who says she's focused on efficiency and saving tax dollars by potentially consolidating this office with the treasurer's office, a move she says could save $12 million. In addition to those top ticket races that everybody gets a say in, there are also a bunch of races that will be unique to you depending on where you live. And while we'd love to give you a personalized breakdown of the rest of the candidates running in every part of Chicago and Illinois, we'd be here till Thanksgiving. So given that Justin's already a third of the way through his cup of coffee, we're taking a closer look at the races that could have an impact on the broader national political landscape. We'll start with our neighbors to the east. Michael Puente has this dispatch on one of the most watched U.S. Senate races in the nation. You know what they say about politics making for strange bedfellows. Well, listen to this candidate who's the Democrat in the race. I support President Trump's efforts. I want him to be successful. Because when the president is successful, that means the United States is successful. That's what this is supposed to be about. This is U.S. Senator Joe Donnelly. A lot of eyes are on his campaign as Democrats try to gain power in the Senate. But here's the tough part for Donnelly. He's fighting to keep the CD1 six years ago in an overwhelmingly red state where President Trump is very popular. So how does he do it? Well, I go against my own party all the time. I've been with President Trump 62% of the time. I don't think it's about party. So Donnelly's strategy is to push back on some of Trump's initiatives, such as tariffs, cuts to environmental protections, and recently the appointment of Brett Kavanaugh to the Supreme Court, but without criticizing Trump himself. His opponent is Mike Braun, a Southern Indiana businessman who's already beaten two very popular Republican congressmen back in the primary. He calls Donnelly the least effective U.S. senator. Joe's been there for 12 years in Congress and the Senate, considered the least effective Democratic senator because he never sticks his neck out. He blows with the wind. Usually, Donnelly could bank on picking up Democratic votes in northwest Indiana. 
But this isn't a usual year. That's because the region's population of steelworkers, who are usually Democrats, seem to really like Trump's tariffs on foreign steel. That's WBEZ's Michael Puente. All right, Justin, where are you at with your coffee? I'm about half a mug right now. I'm feeling pretty good. All right. So while Republicans look to take back a Democratic seat in the Senate, lots of eyes are on the National Democratic Party's effort to flip the House blue. They need to change 24 seats from red to blue to win back the majority. There are two suburban Chicago districts among the dozens that National Democrats are trying to flip. Carrie Shepard explains what's at stake in Illinois' 6th district. The 6th covers the western and northwestern suburbs like Barrington, St. Charles, Wheaton. It's been Republican-controlled by Congressman Peter Roskam since 2007, but it went for Hillary Clinton in 2016. Supporters of Roskam's Democratic opponent, Sean Kasten, are riding the so-called blue wave using hashtags like flip the 6th. Kasten's a scientist and a businessman, and his career has been, as he describes it, quote, profitably reducing greenhouse gas emissions. He told me if elected, he'll take on climate change on day one, like making revisions to the Clean Air Act. People I've talked to at the EPA have told me through the years that they know the problem is there, but they've been nervous that there aren't members of Congress who understand it well enough. Republican Roscom's big issue? Taxes. He co-sponsored Trump's tax plan that passed last year. Dems think it awards corporations and hurts the middle class. But at the Daily Herald's editorial board in September, Roscom dismissed that. Manufacturing company who pointed to uh, equipment, they said, but for the passage of the tax bill, they would not have bought that piece of equipment. So it is stimulative. It is forward leaning. Something to watch. The candidates haven't debated in the district. And Roscom has been criticized for not holding public forums with constituents. But he's endorsed by the Trib and the Daily Herald. So, yes, climate change and taxes. Not really easy to explain in a minute. That's WBEZ's Carrie Shepard. Now, right next door to the 6th District is Illinois' 14th. Traditionally, it's one of the reddest in Illinois. It certainly has been since well before this year's Democratic challenger was even born. I'm Lauren Underwood. I'm a 32-year-old registered nurse. My birthday was last week. And uh, running for Congress in the Illinois 14th District. Underwood is challenging Randy Holtgren, who was elected in 2010 when Republicans swept the House. The district voted for Trump in 2016 and Romney before that, Obama in 08, but Bush Jr. both elections before that. You get the idea. It's really red. But on a recent hot October afternoon, Underwood chatted with supporters in downtown suburban Naperville as Ben Cohen of Ben and Jerry's ice cream fame gave away free ice cream. I did get a good day. You know, I was in uh, Minneapolis and Iowa before this, and it was cold. He's just announced the flavor he's creating for the young African-American native of Naperville. Is an apple pie base because the apple is the Illinois state fruit, and it also includes pecans and peanuts to symbolize people from all walks of life. She's one of just seven candidates to get the cool honor. Get it? Cool? Ice cream? Never mind. Underwood's top issue is health care, and particularly saving the Affordable Care Act. I have a pre-existing condition myself. It's a heart condition, and it's well-controlled, but it's one of these diagnoses where I wouldn't be able to get coverage under the repeal scenarios. 
After getting her nursing degree, Underwood went to D.C. to work for the Department of Health and Human Services under Obama. She moved home just last year to work for a private Medicaid plan run by close friends of the Obamas. But now... I'm not working. I'm a full-time candidate. Holtgren's stance on health care is what prompted Underwood to run in the first place. But he takes issue with her characterization of his record. Absolutely consistent in my record is supporting, making sure there's coverage for people with pre-existing conditions. I've never voted for anything uh, to do away with that coverage, so it does frustrate me. Holtgren wants voters to know he disagrees with President Trump on several issues, too, like trade tariffs, separating families at the border. I've continued to be outspoken against some of the refugee policies that this administration has put forward. He's not a big fan of how the president tweets either. Holtgren is pro-business and supported the Trump tax overhaul, but he prides himself on reaching across the aisle. The latest poll does show Holtgren with a four-point lead over Underwood. There's one final congressional race we want to highlight, because it's just bizarre. Mariah Wolfel has more on the 3rd District, where a writing candidate is running in an attempt to take away votes from a self-proclaimed Nazi. Yeah, you heard that right. Holocaust denier Art Jones was the only candidate on the Republican ballot during the primary. That meant he advanced automatically to the November election. He's taking on Democratic incumbent Dan Lipinski, whose family has held the district for 36 years. Because the mostly South Suburban district is such a Democratic stronghold, the Republican Party says it was hard to find a candidate to run. And now independent Justin Hansen wants a crack at the seat. Well, he says he hopes for a victory. The main goal of his campaign is to stop Art Jones from getting votes or worse, winning. It demoralizes every voter in this district to have a candidate like that on your ballot. A Republican victory is unlikely, but that hasn't stopped Lipinski's campaign from sending out fundraising emails to his supporters, asking for money to help him beat the Nazi. And Lipinski is doing all right in the financial department. He raised nearly $90,000 in the second quarter of this year. That's WBEZ's Mariah Wolfel. Full disclosure, WBEZ receives support from the Caston Family Foundation. Candidate Sean Caston is not a director of the Family Foundation and has not contributed to it. Now, before Justin finishes his coffee, how much do you have left over there? I'm looking about a third left, and I hope everyone appreciates uh, slurping noises as a unit of time measurement. (laughs) We're going to shift down to elected officials that are much closer to home. Those would be the local county boards. The Cook County Board is majority Democratic, but that hasn't stopped Democrats from looking for total domination. Kristen Schorsch is here to explain why. Hi, Kristen. Hey, Becky. So, Kristen, explain to us what the Cook County Board does exactly. So, the county boards control a lot of taxpayer money. They take some of your property taxes and your sales tax, and they use it to fund things like jails and courts and public hospitals. And they also create new taxes. So, remember the soda tax that everybody hated so much it got repealed? How could I forget? That was the county board. In Cook County, they control about $6 billion. Wow. And it's mostly a Democratic board, right? That's right. Cook County is split into 17 districts, and that includes lots of suburbs and all of Chicago. The president of the board is Tony Preckwinkle, and she's also the chairman of the Democratic Party. 13 of the 17 commissioners on the county board are Democrats. But that's not enough for them. They want their own super blue wave here. And so the Democratic Party has targeted three out of the four Republicans on the board and is pouring lots of money into the Democrats running for those seats. 
so far, the party has thrown in more than $550,000 for these Democrats. And this is for things like mailers to voters. And it's actually pretty unorthodox for the party to back candidates at the county board level. So this is pretty unusual. So if they already have a super majority, why are they spending all this money? Because they can. They're riding the national blue wave momentum. Hmm. Well, let's look at these three races very quickly because it looks like Justin's almost done with his coffee over Mm -hmm. there. All right. First district, go. So the 15th district, it covers the northwest suburbs. Kevin Morrison is running against Tim Schneider. Schneider is in his 60s and owns a private golf club. He's been a county commissioner for 12 years, and he's also the head of the Illinois Republican Party. Morrison is 28. He's never run for political office. Here's his elevator pitch to voters. Hi, Paul. Hi, Paul. How are you doing today? All right. Oh, good. I'm Kevin Morrison. I'm running for Cook County Commissioner. Oh, okay. As you know, it's an incredibly important election. Uh, it's definitely a... Looks like our political world's a little bit upside down right now. And, you know, I'm a local. I grew up in Elk Grove Village. Uh, this is my community, and I, I, I just want to see this county move in a better direction. So Schneider says he can't match Morrison in spending, but he thinks his record will help. He led the effort to repeal that soda tax we talked about that people hated. Okay. And he said he'll fight against any tax increases. And he thinks the blue wave is just a lot of hype. So I think we may see uh, throughout our nation less effect Uh, of this potential blue wave. However, I will tell you that that's why my opponent is so emboldened that he can beat me. Hillary Clinton won my district by an awful lot. All right, moving right along. Next district, go. So the 14th district, it's in the north and northwest suburbs. Scott Britton is the Democrat. He's a Chicago lawyer. He's a longtime school board member and a village trustee in Glenview. The incumbent Republican is Greg Goslin, and he's been on the county board for 20 years. Britain is mad that Goslin voted against paid sick leave and the county's minimum wage hike. And like the others, Britain has a lot of money from the Democratic Party. What started out as what people described as a suicide mission in a somewhat Republican district, uh, looks like I can actually win this thing if I can put the work in. So that's what I'm going to do. So the Republican incumbent, Goslin, has a long track record. He has a lot of ties to the business community. He's voted against taxes and tax increases. And he told me recently that he's really hurt by Preckwinkle because she's targeting his seat. He thought they had a really good relationship. You know, I mean, she's not, you know, warm and cuddly, but we had a nice relationship. So for her to do this uh, to me or, or to my colleague is, you know, I, I, is, it, it just wounds me. Goslin told me that if he wins and if Preckwinkle stays as county board president, because she's also running for Chicago mayor, that it's going to affect their relationship long term. That's another four years of working together, and he feels really wounded. All right, last and final one, go. So this is the 17th district. Democrat Abdel Nasser Rashid is running against Republican incumbent Sean Morrison. Wait, another Morrison? Yes. Okay. This one is the head of the Cook County GOP. So their district stretches from near O'Hare down to the southwest suburbs. All right. Rashid has two kids and lives in the south suburbs. His parents emigrated from Palestine and became small business owners in Chicago. And he's trying to paint Morrison as against working class families. Incumbent Republican Morrison was appointed in 2015 to fill a vacancy on the county board. He owns a security business in the south suburbs. So Morrison didn't return my messages for any interviews. But in campaign ads on social media, he touts his support for spending cuts and his opposition to taxes. So, Kristen, is it a good thing or a bad thing to have zero Republicans or conservatives on a local board like this? Well, people like checks and balances, so they want to see a little bit of both. Here's Joe Felici. He's the Schaumburg Township Republican Committeeman. So they're in the minority, no question. But they can raise a big stink, um, and they do, and they have. 
He circled back to that soda tax, and he said the small group of Republicans on the county board who led the charge to repeal the tax, they got some Democrats to go along with them. All right. Thanks, Kristen. Sure. No problem. Justin, your coffee looks like it's about gone. It is gone. I am feeling very caffeinated and very informed. Well, perfect. That is all for this episode of On Background, the WBEZ Politics Podcast. Special thanks to Claudia Morell, Michael Puente, Kristen Schorsch, Carrie Shepard, and Mariah Wolfel. Our editors are Al Keefe and Kate Cahan. Our producer is Justin Bull. Big news, we're doing a live event to get you ready for Election Day. The event is next Tuesday, October 16th at 6.30 p.m. at the Chicago Cultural Center. It's free, so if you're free, we'd love for you to join us. Head to wbez.org slash events for more information. You can rate, review, subscribe, and download in Apple Podcasts or wherever you get your podcasts. You can also follow all of WBEZ's political coverage at wbez.org and always on air at 91.5 FM. Uh, Did people like slurping sounds? (laughs) I don't don't know if they do.